Good morning, and welcome to Art Talk on KBF 88.3 FM, the voice of the people. I'm your host, Rachel Trusty. Today I speak to artist and art professor Jessica Mojan about her artwork and her current exhibition up at the Wingate Gallery at Pulaski Tech. Pulaski Tech was recently acquired by the University of Arkansas, so I should say the new UA Pulaski Tech. This exhibition, entitled Chromatic Synergy, features recent work and work she's completed over the past two years. Jessica explores the collaboration between science, art, and the environment in new ways. She tackles themes of sustainability, place, and the life cycle through her two-dimensional and three-dimensional artwork. Here's Jessica speaking about her art and her current exhibition, Chromatic Synergy. Hi, my name is Jessica Mojan. I was born in North Dakota and grew up on a farm. I went to undergraduate at the University of North Dakota and got a degree in painting and communications as well as honors, so I triple majored. (laughs) And then I attended Montana State University in Bozeman, Montana and got a Master of Fine Arts in painting and uh, moved to Wisconsin for a while to teach at a college there and I recently moved to Arkansas. I live in Russellville and teach at Arkansas Tech University. So my current work is based on the relationship between lichen and human neurons. So kind of combining uh, nature, art, and science into visual representations that are, they're sort of imaginative, but they also relate to science and you can recognize some of the forms um, as they relate to scientific illustrations. So lichen is a very um, old organism. Some species of lichen live over a thousand years and as we know people don't live that long so kind of thinking about the life cycle of a human versus the life cycle of this natural organism and how uh, lichen seems so simple but some of the ways that they're put together and some of the complexities relate to imagery of human neurons which is really a fascinating discovery. How'd you find out about that? I think I just noticed it when I was looking at lichen and looking at some imagery of it and thinking about fractals and how different networks um, have repeating patterns that that can be recognized. Um, if you look at the terrain of an environment, it's composed of patterns and a lot of different things in nature have these patterns and it's really soothing for people's eyes to see them. Um, If you look at snowflakes, they have fractals. If you look at a lot of things close up, they're made of fractals, even human neurons, lichen. Um, If you look at the how a river looks from an aerial view, it relates to neurons. If you look at tree branches, how they start at one place and branch out, that also relates to rivers and neurons and lichen and all these other natural forms. So your approach seems really mathematical. Like you naturally, your eye finds these patterns and similarities in things. And you said you've been working in landscape for a long time. Uh, Have you always approached the landscape mathematically? Well, I mean, I think... The idea of fractals is um, relates to to math mathematics, but 
I think I'm I'm just looking at things and finding the similarities between them. So it's not necessarily um, measuring them and finding exact replicas, but just noticing the things that are around us and trying to make connections to um, within things that maybe wouldn't be compared normally. Also, things at different scales. So you can see the networks of lichen, but we can't see neurons with the human eyes. So we have to have microscopes to see that. So taking something really large and comparing it to something um, small. And I have kind of been working in that I would take the sketches and um, put them onto an overhead projector and blow them up onto the wall and draw them with paint. So I'd paint them in, I'd draw them with marker sometimes, and I used a lot of Chinese brushes. I used some hockey brushes, which are wider brushes to make large swaths of color. And I think that's really where this series started. Although now I'm working with different things other than mountains. So I was sort of working with a huge scale, drawing it really tiny and then blowing it up. And then that creates a layer of memory and it makes it different than the original thing but maybe more like the actual experience. How did you get from mountains to lichen? (laughs) Well I no longer lived in Montana so I needed to find something to depict in my artwork and where I lived had some rolling hills but it didn't really have craggy mountain landscapes. So I was going for a lot of hikes and I started looking more closely at the plant life and looking at rotting logs and looking at mushrooms and thinking about the life cycle of mushrooms and then the life cycle of plants in general. So if you look at a tree, when it breaks down, the mushrooms help break it down and it goes into the soil and then new life can form from that. So thinking about the cycle of life from the beginning to growth to breaking down and repeating. Um, So I was really interested in that. And people, a lot of people might not appreciate mushrooms because they're dirty and small and you might not notice them when you go hiking. You might be looking at the beautiful trees or the blue sky or some wildflowers, but mushrooms are actually really beautiful and unique and they play an important role. So how did you depict the mushrooms? Are they in your current series of work or...? I don't have as many mushrooms in this series, but there are a few paintings in the show that I currently have going on right now. And that's from uh, some paintings that are about two years old. I would take photos of the mushrooms and then use photo transfer process to put them on the paintings. So I would use the photo transfers and do swatches of color over that and make these abstract compositions that are sort of like portraits of the plants, but it's sort of, well, of the mushrooms, but it sort of makes them look more important and brings attention to them. So then how did you go from the mushrooms to the lichen? (laughs) Well, I feel like it was a pretty uh, natural progression because a lichen is made up of a fungus, an algae, and sometimes a yeast, as they recently found out, um, that work in symbiosis. So thinking about the idea of symbiosis in nature and then thinking about how humans can fit into that. You were talking about how the patterns in nature reflect the patterns in our own brain. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you find any sort of deeper meaning in that or any kind of poetry in there, or is it just a pure aesthetic observation? 
I do find meaning in that. I, I feel like it shows that we were created to be part of this world and we were created to be one with nature and we have some things in common that might not always be noticeable and we came from the same source. So what would you say the main themes of your work are? Would they be to celebrate these species or draw attention to them or? I think it's to celebrate the species and also help us think about our place in the world. So maybe um, our daily problems aren't that significant compared to the geological time scale. So tell us about your uh, current exhibition at Pulaski Tech. What are some, you have two-dimensional and three-dimensional objects there. Explain some of the objects that you've got going on. Well, I have a lot of paintings. Uh, There's a series of lichen and neuron paintings. I call them lichen neurons. And they are, they kind of look like tree trunks or tree branches, but they do relate to lichen imagery. And then I have a series of tree trunks and they're kind of fantastic creations. They're, they almost look like a set for a play. I wanted to make them whimsical and playful and then also bring attention to how they're breaking down and still important in the cycle of the forest. So all of the stumps that I used for inspiration I found when I was hiking and I would take a photo of it and then come back to the studio and do this huge painting and they didn't take that long to do. They're pretty gestural and expressive and I used bright colors. Um, to draw the eye in and kind of attract viewers. So tell us about, do you have hanging works as well? I have a series called Microcosms or Little Worlds, and they are made of dried moss and cotton string, and they kind of do look like little planets or um, strange little worlds. And I wanted to highlight moss. My other work highlights mushrooms and lichen, so I guess moss was the natural next step. (laughs) Um, So moss is another type of plant that relates to the geologic time scale. So they're, they're known as being a living relic of another time. And so that was interesting to me, kind of that idea to connecting back to our past as a planet and thinking about how we make choices today and how that will impact um, the future. So some of your work, your two-dimensional work is on canvas and some of it is on this free-flowing paper from what I've seen. Mm -hmm. Why do you work on different kinds of backgrounds? (laughs) Most of the painted work in the show is on a tree-free type of paper. And it's made of calcium carbonate and resin. And I wanted to use a paper that didn't use trees because it seemed a little, it seemed a little wrong to use all these trees to make my paintings, I guess, that were about trees and about the cycle of life. So um, the other reason I used it is because it absorbs the paint really well and it doesn't get wrinkled. And for those of you who have done large paintings, you know that when you're working on watercolor paper, it buckles and it's really difficult to work with. Um, and this paper is really durable. I can roll it up and then unroll it and it'll still look good. That was really important when I brought a couple of the large ones to Shanghai, China for an exhibition. I just brought them um, with my luggage. I shipped them in a tube and 
brought them to China, showed them for a little while, and then brought them back with me. Is the texture more like fabric, or how, is it, how does it feel if it's that durable? It's really smooth, and but a little bit absorbent. It almost seems like a plastic surface, but it doesn't have any plastic in it. And what kind of paint do you use on that to stick? I use acrylic paint. It's golden high-flow acrylic. I had an artist residency at the Golden Foundation in New Berlin, New York, a few years back, and it, they introduced me to all of their different paints and that one seems to work the best for me. It's almost like an ink consistency, but it adheres really well to the paper. So throughout all of your work, you seem to have uh, the theme of sustainability. So was that intentional? intentional, Or tell me about the role sustainability and the environment plays in your artwork. Well, taking care of the environment is really important to me because I really enjoy the outdoors. I like hiking and I like kayaking and just enjoying fresh air. So I like to make art that kind of promotes an appreciation for nature and wilderness and encourages people to go out and explore it themselves. It seems like your work would be really nice if you could create an immersive landscape somehow. Mm-hmm. I could see, because everything is very transparent it's very fluid. I could almost see this done somehow as projection where you could walk through it or something like that. Yeah, that would be great. And that's sort of what I, I was trying to achieve in my exhibition that's going on at, at the Wingate Gallery. I wanted people to kind of see the paintings as windows into an alternate reality and when they enter the space they're greeted with the microcosm so there are these um, spinning orbs with moss and then you kind of can go through and experience these different places and as you go through you meet the tree stumps and the tree stumps are sort of very large scale and they're almost human scale and you can kind of feel like they're surrounding you. Another series that I have in the exhibition is called the Camouflage Installation, and it exists both as the actual paintings and as photos of the installation. So I had a residency in Michigan through a group called Art Shape Mammoth, and I lived in a tent for a week and did my art outside for the most part and I made these round paintings and started attaching them to things. So I would attach them to tree trunks, mostly tree trunks and stumps and I put some out on the grass and I wanted to explore this idea of making these fantastic mushroom geo-like forms that don't really fit in with nature but have them look like they belong there. So I started with the stumps and I did a whole series with the four seasons. So the next one I did was the fall series. I started with summer. In the fall series, I took the paintings and I floated them in a stream by waterfall. And I was really lucky I used the type of paper I did because it did not get damaged in the water. And since I used acrylic, it didn't come off in the water, which was important because I don't need to be polluting the streams. And the next one I did was winter, and I was living in Wisconsin at the time, so I just took the paintings and put them in my backyard in the snow. And I included those in the photographs. So I have 
I've set according to the seasons. And then the last one I did was spring, and I went by a lake and placed some of the paintings like they were sprouting out of the banks of the lake again. <laughs> Have you done any more kind of installation paintings since then? You know, I've done a few, but I haven't quite found where I should put them, and I need to amass some more so that I can make a big installation. But I actually put the paintings in the show, the original ones that I put out in the forest and on the snow and the streams. So they're, they're all around the big tree stumps, so you can check them out. Are they still in good condition after being in an environment for a while, or...? Well, I just left them out long enough to photograph them and in some cases show them to other artists. And they lasted pretty well. Some of them have some small holes in them for running from running the fishing line through so I could attach them to stumps. And they might be a little wrinkled, but it just kind of shows their, their use and the history behind them. I thought about finding something I could use where I could leave the paintings outside and just let nature take its course. With the materials that I'm using right now, they don't really, uh, they're not biodegradable, so it probably wouldn't be the best to leave them out and, and let that happen, but I'd definitely be open to that in the future. So tell me about your color schemes. They all seem to be pretty similar from what I've seen, yeah. or maybe not. They are really similar. When I had my artist residency with the Golden Foundation, I went through all of the hues that they had, and I picked out my favorites out of their whole selection. And usually artists don't get a chance to do that because how many of us can afford all the paints, all of the different hues that a company offers? So I've pretty much been working with the same color palette for a few years, and I'm starting to add some more in recently just to add some variety and get some more possibilities but I just I really love the rusty orange hues and the blues um, indigo blue is one of my favorites something that you've mentioned that I think our art artist listeners would be interested in is you mentioned two different residencies you've been a part of mm-hmm. will you tell us some about how you got these residencies so if someone's interested in applying to a resume residency uh, you know what they might do Yes, so the first one I'll talk about is the Golden Foundation Artist Residency, and that one is located in New Berlin, New York, and the residency is in a barn that was converted to studios and living spaces, and it's really gorgeous. And they have workshops for artists so they can try out the different paints and mediums, and they have a show. I would definitely recommend that if you're a painter. And you can just apply on the website. So if you go to goldenfoundation.org, they have their residency application. Um, The other one that I attended was the Visitor Center Artist Camp, and that is put on through Artshape Mammoth, and it's called a Sustainable Practices Symposium. So using um, sustainable materials, trying to make minimal impact on the land, and it's in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. So it's a pretty remote environment. It's really close to some wilderness areas, and it's close to Lake Superior. The website for the Visitor Center is visitorcenterartistcamp.com. So I follow you on social media, and it seems that you've had a painting go viral recently. Tell us about that one. 
I recently completed a painting called Painting, Hoping, Praying, Women's March on Washington, and it's an acrylic painting on watercolor with the capital and then a depiction of the women and, well, a depiction of the people who are marching. And the people are represented more abstractly, so you can't really see in any individual people. It's just more like a mass of colors and shapes and movement. So I'm thinking about doing some more paintings along that line about different marches and protests that are going on right now in the United States. Would those be abstracted as well in the same style, or how are you imagining them? I think I would use the same style. I mean, I think that each person is important, important, but I do tend to be an abstract painter, so I like to kind of capture the energy of a moment. It, it was a very positive experience for me, and I just wanted to show the positivity of it and um, that feeling of togetherness and recreate it for people to view. Thank you for listening to Art Talk. I highly recommend visiting the exhibition Chromatic Synergy by Jessica Mojan at Pulaski Tech's Wingate Gallery. The gallery is located in the brand new Charts Building. The gallery is open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Thursday and 7 a.m. through 5 p.m. on Fridays. If you liked this episode, come out this week to hear Jessica give a lecture over her work. Wednesday, February 8th at 11 a.m. There will be a reception afterward. I've put all of these dates on the Art Talk blog at arttalkkbf.blogspot.com. I also included images of Jessica's work, a link to her website, and links to the artist residencies that she spoke about. If you are interested in seeing her newest painting about the Women's March or want to get a copy for yourself, visit the painting's Facebook page called Painting, Hoping, Praying, Women's March on Washington.